1: And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
0: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin.
0: The Podcast, Nate Smith, Write Down Euclid, Tom Pestack. Tom.
1: Oh my gosh, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, was it nice? Was it nice while it lasted?
1: It was. I, I enjoyed the LeBron 2.0 era, um, <laughs> most of it. I don't know. I'm a lot older now than I was during the LeBron 1.0 era. I have a different perspective, but... It was nice watching the best player in the world play for another couple of years. Obviously, winning a championship, nothing will ever top that. But all good things must come to an end, Nate.
0: <laughs> you think this is the end, huh? Yeah, I do. I, I just <laughs> beautiful friend. The end. <laughs> Although that wasn't very beautiful. I'm dismayed by what I I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, my opinion. A complete and utter like you. So you rage quit the third quarter.
1: <laughs> yeah, after the third. Yeah, the, and I did. Yeah, I just you, couldn't handle it.
0: You threw your controller against... When,
1: when Aaron Baines hit that three <laughs> oh. after he set, like, four menacing screens and he's and sweating... And it wasn't like even, like...
0: It was hippo. a YOLO three, too. Like, it was. He just, like... Oh, I'm just going...
1: <laughs> and if you just watched him on that play, he was basically just in the trenches, reeking hell, holding everyone, moving screens, setting vicious picks... And then, you know, somehow, like, the Cavs, you know, kept it from really resulting in anything. And then he just steps back, they flip him the ball, and he hits a three like like no- nothing. And I'm just – see, that's, that's the difference right now between, you know, I, I, I'm really disappointed tonight that in the third quarter when LeBron clearly didn't have it, other than Kevin Love, every other Cavalier was terrified. Like, George Hill just pump faked every time he got the ball. Rodney Hood's been terrified since the playoffs
0: started. I think Rodney um, Hood's been terrified. That's the look on his face when he was two, you know? Yeah. And, and the neighbor's <laughs> dog got out.
1: <laughs> JR is, like, instinctively terrified, and then, like, the JR pipe switch in his head goes off and goes, wait a minute, I'm JR. I, I must hoist this. And he takes a worse oh shot like he did in the third when he was kind of open for three, but he pump faked. And then he's like, wait. I have a reputation to uphold. And then he took like a ridiculously bad three that almost did graze the rim. And on yeah. the other end, you're watching like a guy like Terry Rozier who like George Hill, you know, isn't a bad defender. And the Celtics were just making shots. Like Terry yeah. Rozier would be like, okay, you're going to close out me in the three point line. Then I'm going to try to drive to the hoop and went, Oh, and you cut off my driving lane. Okay. I'll pull up and hit like a contested 18 footer. Like I don't care. I'm not scared. Like I'm a basketball player, and the Cavs just—they have none of that. They have none of that. Like you know what? We need a bucket. I'm gonna get a bucket because I'm a good basketball player.
0: Yeah.
1: And like I said, only Kevin Love was like not afraid to shoot, and it's well, Kyle Korver too. But yeah, Korver too. He's a guy yeah, who's needs... not afraid to shoot. But they're they're you know they're taking spot up threes. Yeah. They're not like okay. I'm just and that's the thing. The Celtics, you know, it's like. The Cavs have a talent disparity over them. The Celtics are just at more athletic. They're hungrier and they just play well together. And of course, they play defense. They play defense all season long. And the Cavs have like the worst coach in the league. I don't, I don't know. I don't know oh. what else to say. Uh,
0: yeah, the worst coach in the league to me is underselling it. I mean, you were talking about the Toronto series where you kind of were almost rage quitting at times. What did you say? You, yeah.
1: No, what the game it? where LeBron hit the ridiculous game winner and everyone was celebrating, I was just pissed off because never, they never shouldn't blew, even have uh, got to that. No, they blew like a sixteen point lead because they started off the fourth with you know, the actual death lineup that kills the Cavs with no LeBron, no <laughs> the Kevin plague, Love. The plague lineup. The plague lineup, yeah. They get they get Jeff Green, uh they get they they put Jeff Green and Rodney Hood out there. And by the way, like, you know, Jeff Green has his moments, but there was a point in the second quarter where he kept,
0: yeah,
1: I couldn't figure out what was happening, but every time George Hill would start to bring the ball up, Jeff Green would look at him in, like, motion to him, and after, like, the third time, (laughs) Hill just gave him the ball and was like, okay, dude, whatever, and they, of course, ran, that's when the game got really sloppy in the second quarter, like, do you remember this sequence, and then LeBron got hit in the face? And I'm thinking, like, what are you doing, Jeff Green? Like, why are you trying to bring the ball to the court? Are you, is there some play where you're supposed to initiate the offense as opposed to, and you know, the you Celtics know, an are actual smart. guard, they wouldn't leave Corver. Corver earned every single one of those points tonight Because yeah. they read the scouting report. They knew not to leave him and they left Jeff Green open. They left J.R. Smith somewhat opened and they let LeBron, you know, step into a bunch of bad shots in the second half when he was clearly woozy or something. And yeah, yeah I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't believe that there are so many moments this season where Lou was forced to play uh, Jose Calderon, Chetty Osmond, Ante Zizic, uh, Channing Frye before that, and the Cavs would have success. And then other players would like get healthy and he'd go away from it. And he just, I don't know. It's like he plays the people – That at the beginning of the season, you would say this guy will probably be the most impactful and doesn't ever, you know, take into consideration like, oh, Rodney Hood's been like pissing his pants for like three weeks. And every (laughs) time he gets the ball, he has no idea what he wants to do or where he wants to go. He can't make an open shot and he's never played defense ever. So if he's not going to
0: score, he's just going to turn the ball over and, you know, he doesn't play any defense. Why are you playing him? Well, and he just looks terrified. Yeah, like they finally stopped playing Clarkson. Yet they they play Hood, and they finally started playing Nance, who had some nice moments that game. But you know they got away with that lineup. The so the lineup that started the second was Corver, Nance, uh, George Hill, uh, Rodney Hood, and Jeff Green. And that w- was that the same lineup that started the fourth. I want to say yes. But they got away with it. They actually had about four good minutes out of that lineup in the beginning of the second. And then in the fourth, uh, they started. Yeah, it was that same lineup, I believe. Yeah, it looks like it was that same lineup. But they just got nothing out of it. Uh, Rodney Hood took a terrible jump pass turnaround that got stolen. Turned into two points for Boston. They're only down 7 points eight points at that point. And then LeBron comes back in and, you know, the, they're down by LeBron cuts it to nine and it just, yeah. And like you were saying, so LeBron got tagged at the, in the second quarter. when We got really sloppy, got hit in the head, went to the locker room. Cavs actually, you know, played well. Kevin Love got aggressive in that stretch. And then, but LeBron did not look the same after that. Like, what, like, I would be like, I, my thought is the training says, like, eh, you don't need a concussion protocol. Like, I I feel like they played real fast and loose with LeBron's health there. I mean, <laughs>
1: who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Who knows but what they did?
0: I I just found it. The whole thing was kind of ridiculous. Like, he did not look the same after that. And although he did still was throwing some great passes out there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I agree. But at the same time, LeBron has a history, you know, throughout his career of, you know, randomly getting seemingly injured and right. Like the elbow, like what was that? I don't know. Like something that caused him to be really passive. I don't know. I feel like he can get inside his own head when he doesn't feel right. I'm not saying he didn't get I mean, he definitely by the replay got his bell wrong, so I'm sure he didn't feel right. But I don't know if he was actually physically like concussed or he just, you know, well, starts they said getting it was passive. a neck
0: strain, But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, even the way the game started, the Cavs got that lead because LeBron was insanely hot from three, but they were still playing bad defense, still letting Boston score easy baskets, still, you know, getting really sloppy in the third. They cut that game to three. Jeff Green. I swear to God, stared at, like, three different loose balls that game, just stood over them and stared at them. There's one point where um, in the second quarter when Monroe was on the ground and Love was kind of wrestling with him for the ball, and Jeff Green could have just got on Monroe and got a jump ball. Like, he was literally two feet away, and he didn't do it, and ended up in a two-pointer for Boston, and then they stole the ball on the eight. Like right after the inbounds, and got another two points, like that is a four point swing right there at least, yeah. and they had so many plays like that where it was just you know ridiculously dumb swings, and that's not even the dumbest stretch of the game, which was um and and I'll let you talk about it uh r d the the stretch where J.R. Smith had been abjectly awful the entire game. Kyle Corver, you know, got beat by Brown on a post up, and so <coughs> uh fourth quarter, Tyloo takes Corver out and puts uh J.R. Smith back in. At that point, they were down either six or eight. Uh they were down six and then LeBron got a terrible pushing foul on an inbounds, or just on a loose ball foul. And then what happened after that with J.R. Smith?
2: I mean, T.J.R. Smith does. Yeah. Uh, So he comes down on
0: offense. (laughs) What do you do on offense?
2: (laughs) Uh, Refresh me here.
0: Okay, so he decides he's going to – it's him and Tristan on the weak side. He decides he's going to start a pick-and-roll against Marcus Smart and Al Horford with Tristan Thompson (laughs) was like – What good can come from that? There's no good that can come from that. There's no way you're winning that battle. All he has to do is pass the ball back to LeBron, but they refuse to do it. And, of course, turnover, two points for Boston. At that point, I think it's a 10-point game. Then, on a alley-oop, he two-hand shoves Al Horford in the back. (laughs) And, And then the fun started.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just... It feels like Ty Lue thinks these guys are due. Uh, and I can't yeah. even, and he just keep, he just plays them because he thinks they're going to kind of pull themselves out of it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we're, we're, we still come back and win this series. And then he and LeBron are playing the long game, but <laughs> I, it's just, it's hard to blame Jr. I mean, Jr. has been great. I think he's up to this point in the playoffs. I think he's, given us more than we ever expected of him this year and he was due for a game like this and Lou just didn't have the wherewithal to say hey he doesn't have this game I need to pull him I, I mean I, I JR I, I just don't think anyone should be surprised that JR delivered this performance it, I think it's really on Lou uh, on that really that one.
0: I, I mean it's on both those guys I mean obviously it's on Lou but literally JR came on and immediately gave away 7 points with that <laughs> turnover then yeah. two-hand shoves Horford in the back and you and I were arguing on the live thread I, I he was like I was like wanting a flagrant 2 and you were like that's not a flagrant 2 uh Mark
2: Jackson's an idiot and I was like
0: no why do you want him to stay in <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I was just more annoyed by the hypocrisy of Jeff Ed Gundy who oh, and, who's always well, quick to point out everything is his... Yeah, like, Jeff 90s, Jeff
0: Van Gundy is the greatest foul, um, yes, and where... uh, play yeah, and officiating play-by-play or color man in the in NBA yeah. history. But <laughs> yeah. so he's the
1: most <laughs> prolific anyway.
0: <laughs> so he shoves Al Horford in the back. They get two free throws. Then they get an and-one on the very next play, and so that's a five-point possession. And then it was clear after that that the refs were having none of the Cavs. Like. They completely lost their composure on both ends of the court. They weren't running an offense. Of course, they weren't running an offense for most of the game. And. Or most of the season. Yeah. And so they just, they fell apart. And they completely lost their composure at the end of that game. I mean, it was embarrassing. Uh, stupid fouls. Dumb to, Jeff Green just hands the ball to, uh, Jalen Brown on a possession after that. Jeff Green, let's look at his line because it was abysmal. Yep. That might have been the worst Jeff Green game ever.
2: (laughs) He had that one block that was Yeah, he did have a nice block on Monroe. And he had a big three. um, Early in the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, end of the the first half. Right
0: corner, left corner. So Jeff Green, two for five, one for three from three. uh, Two rebounds, five turnovers, two blocks, and a team low minus 17 from the floor. Um, Just... Just an abject disaster. Um, JR Smith, 0 for 7 from the field, 3 rebounds, and a flagrant 2, or a flagrant 1. I mean, the only guys that played well were Corver. I mean, LeBron and Kevin Love scored 60 in the Cav and 64 together and the Cavs couldn't win that game. And Kyle Corver scored in double digits. Mm
2: hmm.
1: I was really disappointed with George Hill because, look, if you know the Celtics are a great defensive team, but if they're going to spend so much energy on LeBron and Kevin Love and Kyle Korver, you know someone needs to just make a play. And I yeah. felt like George Hill just couldn't get it done tonight.
0: No, and and he doesn't attack. He's good when he attacks the basket, but he just refuses to. And yeah,
1: but he refused to shoot tonight too. Yeah, well, it was like one of four. In forty or thirty five minutes or something like that,
0: so the dirty secret that nobody is taught I'm not sure George Hill has
2: made a three since that back injury I, I don't know maybe it's the injury um, I, I mean I, to me the bigger issue is just do we have any playbook whatsoever besides no. chuck it down to Le- to Kevin Love in the post and let him be overmatched or, or just look at LeBron like those times when we're breaking down or with George Hill having the ball, like just run something, anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because they have their pet plays that they run like that, that, you know, pick for Kevin Love where he's coming out of the left corner. And, and, but it's like, they don't ever get any new plays. You know, we've seen these plays all year and they don't run, you know, that, that two man action with Corver and, Love, you know, they only ran it like two or three times and it's, it's, it's almost unstoppable. Or, you know, they run, when they're running that left wing pin down, or when it's just like, they just get in these stretches where they don't run any plays and it's just maddening. Like you were saying, Jeff Green's like, oh, give me the ball. I'm going to run the offense here. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I mean, the one thing, I mean we've all been calling for Chetty Osman. At least that guy moves, passes the yeah. ball and cuts and
1: Yeah, and he takes rebounds up court, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's just you can let your talent went out by trying to get transition points. The Cavs don't they don't, I mean, they just don't even try. They're just yeah. they there was a there was a play in the second quarter where Larry Nance Jr. Grabbed the ball and he wanted to like run up court. He had to keep looking over his shoulder, like "You coming, guys? Like you coming?" Yeah. And they were all
2: way behind, like yeah, you know. Yeah, and even, I think Nance, sorry, I was I was gonna say, I think dance is the closest thing we have to that guy that comes in and plays winning ball because he band. he yeah he came in. He had some great plays, he even he had some bonehead plays, but immediately made up for them. Like he missed that alley oop, which I think was actually whoever threw him. The ball that was on them but yeah. then immediately he but the other back part of that is just
0: catch that and come back up you know yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like but then he immediately came had a yeah. steal
2: on the other end so yeah. he, he made up for it every time um, it just it seems like this team and, and someone was saying it on the thread this team really needs that Marcus Smart like player the deli like player I don't think it's Chetty to be on to be honest um, well you're I mean, wrong <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I don't I'm think he's quite as tough. No, it's fair. But, I, don't, I mean, last year we got away without Delly because we had Kyrie to come in. And, and I think we are now starting to appreciate how much of these kind of dry spells Kyrie could kind of make up for. Right. But before that, it was really Delhi, Someone who's just going to come in and just will the team to, to kind of turn off whatever's going on in their minds and just play ball. And right. this team is really sorely lacking that sort of player.
0: Yeah, they need a guy that just kind of plays with that kamikaze effort that gets everybody else out of their own head. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't have that guy. I mean, that guy might be Larry Nance, but you can even tell he's in his own head, and he hadn't, you know, you can forgive some of the mistakes because he hasn't played in, you know, three weeks or whatever, you know.
1: Well, yeah, but it it is funny that, you know, he hasn't played a lot in the playoffs, and he has looked overmatched at times. But then you look at like Hood, and it's like, how does this guy keep getting trotted out here? It's like, oh, I,
0: he's one of the worst players in the league in terms of t- net rating in the playoffs. He is, I think he is the worst player in the league in net rating in the playoffs. I mean, he's just an, a disaster in the playoffs. Yet, like you said, he keeps getting trotted out. Sorry,
2: I keep interrupting. No, no I mean, so that's angry. exactly right. <laughs> So, I have a question. Did, kind of ignoring the injury and then kind of maybe mostly the first half, LeBron came out, had like 16 of our 22 points. Did LeBron have a good first half? Was that good for the Cavs?
1: Well, that's what the defense was giving them. They were staying home on the shooters, and so LeBron attacked the basket and hit some threes, and I thought, that's what sometimes you need to do that. And, um, you know, you force the other team to adjust. And then if they start double teaming LeBron because he's just getting buckets every time down, that's when it opens up the floor. But after the getting smacked in the face, LeBron did not. He just lost all of his, you know, downhill aggression.
2: Yeah. But doesn't it I mean, just doesn't it seem like it's so much harder than it needs to be? Like, again, back to this thing where we don't run plays and I don't and know. Nobody if this moves. Is, yeah. And, and I mean, it, who will we ever know this? Maybe this, this question will never be answered. Is it on Lou or is it on LeBron or is it the both of them? Like this style of play LeBron has kind of come to. I mean, first of all, I think he's starting to look more and more like Kobe just because he's starting to hit these crazy jumpers and he's doing more of that. Um, but it's just like is his mentality about assists is almost Kobe like. Whereas, like, he wants that home run assist and he kind of holds the ball with his kind of up at the top of the key till there's four seconds left and then makes a pass. And, like, there's just.
1: Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I don't blame him too much for that because he doesn't play with dynamic players. So he's trying to make home run passes because, like, he doesn't have triple threat players. He doesn't have, like, a Terry Rozier where he can just say, like, I'm going to kick it to you and then I'm going to move to a different spot and let you go to work. Because Great. no one does anything. Like, George Hill's too afraid to do anything. Rodney Hood, you know, Hood should be a guy like that. He should be a guy that can score from anywhere on the court in any situation. I mean, hell, we saw C.J. Miles do it last, you know, last uh, series. LeBron's got no one to do that. Yeah, it's other than Kevin Love. him and Love. So.
0: And it's like, yeah, there's very few guys that can get their shots in more than one way. I mean, Tristan Thompson, he's either going to get his shots on a dive or... An offensive rebound, and that's it. Or J.R. Smith is just going to be kickouts, and maybe the occasional pin down, or maybe the miracle I drove and threw up crap and it went in, you know. But he's not good at those things. And George Hill is good, but refuses to do those things. And then you know Kyle Korver has probably one of the best shooters without the ball, but he's got to have somebody get him the ball, and they missed him i mean in the second half alone they must have missed him six times wide open they just not yeah. looking for him it was it was maddening
2: that that's what it feels like is there's just no i mean i, I agree that that we're sorely missing playmakers but then there's no secondary action like right. they right. they tossed the ball down to kevin love and i think three or four times he just kind of tried to bulldoze like an aaron baines and just bricked it and, and like why not why aren't they opening up? Someone else needs to cut. Have two guys cut. Like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I can yeah. see other teams doing things that the Cavs just refuse to do.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, they don't run Kevin Love hardly at all at the elbows, which is, throughout his career, one have been one of his best places because he is such a mm. good passer. And then, no, they don't run offense. Their defense is ridiculous. I mean... That's the other thing that LeBron James on defense for three quarters was just not guarding anybody half the yeah. time, and there were so many plays where it was just like, "How's that guy get wide open?" Oh, it's LeBron's guys. He's standing in the paint.
1: He was even getting blown by, which I'm not used to seeing. Yeah. Usually, when he is in isolation against someone, you
0: know. But well, I'm he's been you this, doing Celt- this. Celtics are hungry. Well,
2: he's been doing the this. Cabs
0: thing. are were clearly not prepared to play. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, sorry. I just. I mean, we should talk. I think a bit about the Celtics and how much of this is on them. But I, I, I LeBron has been doing this thing this year where he kind of, he kind of lets the guy get by him, and either bets on his ability to affect the shot from behind, or is assuming someone else is going to be there to rotate. And a lot of the time recently, what happens is. I, either you're going up against a guy who's too athletic, like an Ola Depot or a Brown, where he can't affect the shot from behind, or there's just... What I saw a lot of today, there'd be a guy screening our player out from being able to affect it, or just no one was around. Yeah, and,
0: on, on that Rozier shot in the third, where I think they had two options, where, where LeBron or Kevin Love could rotate out to Rozier on the right wing, and it was like love really couldn't cuz he was being pinned by Morris and that was, you know, LeBron's rotation and he just decided not to. Yeah. You know, they're just ex- expect hoping guys will miss is not a defensive strategy. <laughs> you know, it, what was the other one that that drove me nuts? Um there was another play where LeBron just oh, the one where he does the thing <laughs> where his guy scores. And because LeBron wasn't guarding him and then he stares at everybody else, you know what I mean? Or like you said, Tom, where he expects somebody to rotate over and they don't and it's yeah. everybody else's fault and he throws up his hands. That that kind of drives me nuts. I mean,
2: I think credit, we did a ton of that in game one, too. Yeah. Credit to Van Gundy and Jackson. I, Tom, maybe you missed this by the time you rage quit, but they started calling out the eye rolling. Oh, yeah. On the cat. <laughs> The
0: only Van Gundy line I liked of the whole night, where he said, uh, The calves roller, I do more eye rolling than an old married couple.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's a great, yeah. great characterization. I mean. <laughs>
0: yeah, they just sometimes this team plays like they hate each other.
2: They well, play like it's January.
0: Yeah, well, the other thing each. that I noticed tonight is, you know, we talked about the J.R. Smith thing, but I felt like the entire team quit when Tyloo subbed back in J.R. Smith. Like I I was just like the whole team was just done at that point. and I don't think they had any confidence in J.R. Smith. So I I was just that was just baffling. And and the Celtics want it more. I mean and they play smarter. I mean Jalen Brown was a machine in the first half. Yeah. I mean, and he was LeBron's guy, and he was just lighting it up. I mean, for most of the points LeBron scored in the first quarter, Jalen Brown matched him.
2: Yeah, and he was playing a lot tougher on defense, too. Yeah. And he was not backing down off LeBron. Yeah.
0: And, you know, Marcus Smart, another big game. Uh, 11 points, 9 assists, plus 21. He probably had at least three loose ball plays where he's diving for a loose ball or just going after the ball or, or, you know, a dig to get a steal or whatever. He, he was, he was awesome. Four steals. Um, that guy is becoming the player they thought he would be when he came out of, out of college. He's not a great offensive player, but he just gets you possessions. You know
2: yeah and again, we're just totally lacking that guy
0: yeah they're I mean, if you put Marcus Smart on that Cavs team, they probably would have won that game. or he wouldn't be playing or or he would have got kicked out oh well, well, yeah oh, I see what you're saying he, yeah he <laughs> wouldn't uh, he wouldn't have got off the pine, yeah, and <sighs> how painful is it to watch Jeff Green like shoot threes <laughs> from the wing, <laughs>
1: Tom. Well, the best is the pump fake ones where he's like, "Oh, they're not gonna guard me. I'll shoot a three, and he's out of rhythm, and yeah he's not terrible when he's like totally set spotted up, you know he's like a thirty five percent yeah and three.
0: i I feel like he's better from the corners than the wing, probably, but most people are because it's a little bit closer, but <laughs> and and the Celtics didn't even really. They didn't play that well tonight. I mean, they shot 44% from the field, but given the number of layups they had, that's pretty good. 32% from three, but they did only turn the ball over five times, but they scored scored 13 points on Cavalier turnovers. And, again, the Cavaliers just had a lot of really bad turnovers. And, you know, the Celtics are also playing a quasi-zone with – Either Horford or uh, Baines just doing the three-second step out of the middle, but you know what I'm talking about? Where they take yeah. the leg. I hate that. I don't know. I feel like the league needs to widen the lane uh, to, to get rid of that a little bit. They maybe go towards the trapezoidal key like they have in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Tom, are you just totally checked out?
1: I'm checked out, man. I just... I don't enjoy watching this team. I didn't even enjoy. I only enjoyed one of the games against Toronto, <laughs> and they freaking swept them. That's how. I don't know. They, <laughs> that's no.
0: There's no joy. There's no joy in uh, in Cleveland, huh?
2: Oh. Uh, so Jeff Green shooting thirty six percent from three in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty respectable.
0: It is respectable, but I'd like to see the what's Rodney
1: Hood shooting.
0: <laughs> uh, 17, I believe, or at least that's what he was, uh, before, before this series. Uh, oh yeah. Keep
1: trotting him out there, Lou.
0: Seven. You keep trotting him out there. I mean, it's so funny. Like I said it the other day, it's like Chetty couldn't be worse than Rodney hood. You know, he Indeed. couldn't be worse than Jordan Clarkson just from a, you know, at least he's going to try on defense standpoint. And you know yeah. Jordan Jordan Clarkson game one was just a train wreck on both sides of the both ends of the floor. I mean, I don't know. So, do the Cavs have any shot in this series? Yeah, they have a shot. I mean, you gotta take care of business at home and then
1: steal a road game. Um, they yeah.
0: have to play differently, you know. They can't. And the Celtics are much better at home.
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like the same thing happened against the Pacers where it's like the Cavs wind up in a dogfight because they don't they don't respect that they're not that good and that the Pacers are pretty good and that's why they're getting blown out of games and then squeaking by, you know, with game winners and it's like yeah. I feel like they did I think I feel like they felt good about what they did against Toronto, maybe
0: a little too good.
1: Yeah, I feel like LeBron was totally checked out in game one. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't need to win every game. It's like, dude, this is a conference finals. Like, you kind of aren't supposed to take plays off. And with Lou trying out these lineups, he's taken minutes off. And it's just like, I'm as surprised as anyone else about how good the Celtics are without, you know, any conceivably good offensive players. But they just play hard, you know, and they aren't afraid of the moment. And it's like, it's the same thing Indiana did. And we almost lost to them. In fact, outscored by 40 for the series, probably should have
0: lost to them. Yeah, I feel like, I don't feel like this Celtics team is any better than Toronto. And I don't think they're better than the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers, to me, were just a better team. Yet, yet here we are. I mean, it's just,
2: I, the Cavs... I don't know. You don't, Sorry. You think the, play, I, the Celtics I, are better? The Celtics, I just, I don't get them. Like, when I kind of think of kind of teams like this in history, I'm I'm trying to, at least recent history, trying to think of a team that's overperformed like this. Um, I mean, I feel like given the fact that who, who they're playing right now, you could argue, it may be the most overperforming team of all time. Because um, this isn't like a Thunder team or a Cavs team that got there too early that had some bona fide stars. I mean, these guys were bench warmers when the season started. Oh, I think Jalen um, Brown's going to be a bona fide star. Yeah, and that's what I th- I think is is actually Brown and and Tatum and Rozier are are three of. I, I mean, well, probably got, three of the top five. Right in the Eastern Conference. You know, they right remind
0: now. me of. They actually remind me of. The Spurs, a little bit. Like, maybe not this year's Spurs, but maybe the Spurs, the year that they, the last year they won the championship, like, they have a really good defensive center in Al Horford, um, who can kind of do a little bit of everything. And then they've got just a lot of high level role players. And then you've got kind of Jalen Brown taking that, um, that young Kawhi Leonard role. Uh, and that's kind of who they are. I mean, they're just a bunch of high level role players. So, and, and add Aaron Baines to that. Like, you know, cause I think he was on that team. So, the, yeah, that's kind of what they remind me of. And they're just really well coached. They don't beat themselves. They don't make stupid passes. They take the open shot. And the Cavs are playing ridiculously bad defense at times Mm -hmm. i mean jr smith's just getting lost lebron's not even trying half the time in the first three quarters you know and that's what's maddening is he doesn't try and then he in the fourth quarter he sends something to the fifth row (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's like or the one play that drove me nuts was that play in game one where they ran that uh out of bounds play for uh, Marcus Smart in the right corner because they knew he was LeBron's man and they knew LeBron wouldn't come out and guard him. So he like literally has time to like fix his feet and then catch the ball on in the inbounds and like just had three seconds to shoot the three because LeBron just wasn't going to chase him out there. And then he, you know, swishes a right corner three. It was like, what's going on? It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, as much as it pains, e.g., I think we gotta admit that Brad Stevens is, is one of by far the best coaches.
0: I don't, Uh, I don't have to admit that. I feel like he's a good coach. Um, but the Cavs are just beating themselves and neither of the teams that they played before this were that good. I mean, Philly beat themselves and then, you know, Milwaukee took him to seven games. That's the thing. I mean, they went to seven games against the the five seed, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that gives me hope for the Cavs. Is Boston is much worse on the road than they are at home. They did not. They have not played well on the on the road this series season. So, mm-hmm. Cavs just have to win one road game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I.
2: We're, again, what? What? We're were still. <laughs> I think we're. Out chance that we come back.
0: You still think there's a chance to come back?
2: Yeah, I've, all we have to. And in Boston. Yeah. Um, but I think that's not just the X and the X's and O's, which are pretty solid, but clearly he does something mentally and and kind of emotionally with this team to make them come out and and play to their best every game. Um which granted I, I, it's easier with a young team.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just that, you know, the guys trust him and they know he's gonna put him in good positions. Um you know I don't think they I clearly don't think the team trusts Lou at this point. I mean they don't run any offense. I don't I don't know what's going on. It's just it just boggles my mind how like poorly coached they seem at times. <laughs> like how many jump passes did we see tonight?
2: Or just passes to nowhere? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, again, we have to wonder is like are is LeBron actually still just feeling it out and, and still playing in control.
0: Yeah. So so Tom, Cav's cav got the eighth pick tonight. I don't know if you got to watch the draft lottery, but they're they're there. I saw, saw they're not number eight, yeah. Uh, Phoenix got one. Uh, poor, s- whoever Sacramento drafts it to, I feel bad for them. And then, um, you know, at the three, the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, Cavs have the eighth pick. Uh, is LeBron going to be here next year? Or we've seen the le- is this series the last of LeBron? Or is the finals the last of LeBron? Or is LeBron back next year?
2: I
1: think he'll leave. I mean, I think... You know, it's not a, if Cavs haven't been a good team all year. They can't beat this version without two of their, their five players bode well for this year. So I think if they care of business, it would have been decently bright. But I don't know, the NBA, things change so fast.
0: Yeah, no, I'll agree with you. Things do change fast. I mean, if this, if this series goes seven and the Cavs win, you know, maybe LeBron's back next year. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't really feel like LeBron quit that game, but there are times he just takes mind numbingly, like, he just decides he doesn't want to play that possession. I'm going to throw up a 30 footer, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, how many threes did he shoot from like five to eight feet beyond the line tonight? Yeah. Even if that weren't last-second shots. Yeah, he was 5 of 11
0: from three, but most of those are in the first half. And, yeah, exactly. And he, you know, it's kind of like what happened with James Harden against the Warriors. You know, the announcers kept saying he's got to make decisions more quickly to get the team into their offense quicker. And LeBron was, there was a lot of holding the ball way too long by everybody on that team and nobody was making a decision quickly and you know by the time you know before you looked up there was five seconds left on the shot clock so yeah but
2: that's been the case or all but glimpses of the toronto series too
0: well i'm not gonna argue with you i mean maybe in some Mm -hmm. ways toronto was fool's gold i mean if, if they make one of those six shots they miss at the end of game 1 we might still be talking about that series we might be in game 7 right now yeah
2: so yeah I, every off season lebron has done an incredible job of picking a part of his game and improving it i think this year it's it's going to be about not, not even anything on the like not it's not going to be mechanics it's going to be his approach to the game i think he's got to be seeing how the game is changing a bit from superstar with shooters to kind of more dynamic offenses and that is what I think is may end up determining where he ends up going is is does he want to play with a, a more modern offense as teams are start to evolving and, and we're still playing like it's five years ago.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean one of the things that I feel like is that I'm I'm a little worried because I feel like the Cavs have missed out on all the good coaches. Um I wanted the Cavs to fire Lou midseason and hire Fisdale, but they didn't do that. So I don't, you know, maybe I don't think LeBron will play for a coach like a Tori Messina. Um, you know, I think a, a nice move by the Cavs would be to hire Becky Hammond and, then LeBron, why well, you don't want to play for a woman? You said you wanted to play for a woman, you know. Kind of, kind of PC guilt him into staying.
2: <laughs>
0: I knew you'd love that, Tom.
1: <laughs> Whatever works. I mean, he can't be worse than she can't be worse than Byron
2: Scott or Ty Lue at this or point. Ty Lue, I mean, yeah. I mean, Griffin's still going out there saying how great of a good Ty Lue is. Well, Griffin's thing. Is
1: like to just say positive, like yeah. he's been like effusively positive about everyone from Dan Gilbert, the guy who let him go to, I just, I mean, I feel like this is all just the NBA is like a small circle. And so you don't want to yeah. create too many enemies. Look what happened with like Isaiah Thomas, the original, how his beef with Michael Jordan has made him basically
0: almost like a nobody in the NBA for the rest of his <laughs> career. One of my favorite so, Charles Barkley moments of the postseason was talking about how the Detroit Pistons should hire him as GM um, or coach <laughs> or president of the Detroit Pistons. I was like, are you forgetting this is the Anucha Brown Sanders guy. This is the guy that bankrupted the CBA. Um, this is a guy that set toronto back by 10 years um he was an utter disaster at everything he's done outside of baseball except maybe you know being the tuesday night guy on nba tv <laughs> it's just like isaiah thomas is he yep he got what he deserved
1: <laughs> leaves a smoldering wake or smoldering
0: yeah. yeah ash pit in his wake yeah he, he's the steve bannon of nba players <laughs> nothing tom crickets i get crickets for that i don't even is he was he some politician you don't know who steve bannon oh. is wow i think i
1: do Is he that guy with the terrible haircut
0: <laughs> the like former white house chief of staff
1: yeah that's like he yeah, is also like Mark. a guy that sets he just salts the earth wherever he goes <laughs> yeah, to exactly. right
0: exactly yeah. so I don't know. I mean, what did you guys think of Tristan Thompson starting tonight? I actually thought he played pretty well for a large portion of the game.
1: Um, yeah, he just—he just—you can see that on offense a couple times where he flared to the middle and the Celtics dropped back, kind of, you know, and kept a rim protector. And he really doesn't have, you know, an offensive game to speak of. I was actually thing at some point he would try to act aggressive you know going to the hoop on a couple of plays just to get something going but he wasn't interested there was a play where the, he was the only guy left unguarded so i think lebron inbounded him the ball with like four seconds on the shot clock and he just corralled it and immediately looked for someone to pass to and Gavs <laughs> fire you know i forget who it was yeah fired i remember that crappy shot with as the shot clock expired but it's like dude it's like that that's than five seconds and you catch the ball in space at the free throw line and you're not even like thinking about trying to score um so yeah
0: i think my favorite moment my favorite play of the game was lebron was on the left wing and he had tristan had got uh Jalen Brown on a switch down in the post and LeBron like waved him out of the post, like get out of there. I'm not passing you this ball. And then brought in Kevin Love from the complete opposite wing to post up down there against Tatum. And it was like, and it took like 10 seconds for, for Tristan to clear the post. It was just hilarious. The way like LeBron was directing him out of there, like an air traffic and like, like the guy with the batons on, on the runway. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was, yeah. It was, I mean it was, I actually thought at least for the first three quarters he played pretty well yeah had, i did too i had he had some vintage sixteen trims, Tristan offensive rebounds um usually we couldn't convert off them though um and I did actually think he he did a decent job kind of bringing it against horford until the very end when horford had like six layups in the and one he he was under 10 points and yeah i think tristan actually did what he was there to do
0: yeah i don't blame tristan for the way that that game got out of hand i mean he was bringing some fire one of the plays that drove me nuts is marcus morris scored on him on an and one and like screamed in his face i'm like yeah they didn't call it tech for that like, yeah what do you got to do to get a taunting foul you know and then look, tristan kind of took umbrage with it i hate the Morris twins. I, yeah. I mean the fact that there is there a person
2: that ugly and that there's two of them. It's just, and uh, this was the this is the more like the more level headed one, right? Yeah, he's I mean, a I'm better player, yeah. I'm kind of basing that off the fact that his name is he's the L A N C of the Stevenson brothers. He's the <laughs> He's the guy with the normal name, so he must be yeah, somewhat more normal. He's
0: not the L A N T Z <laughs> So
1: Right now. Um Rodney Hood is the Cavs 7th man. He's played 200 playoff minutes and the Cavs are minus 82 in those 200 <laughs> minutes. They're bleeding almost a point every 2 minutes
0: when he's on the floor. Yeah, it's it's on un- floor. it's unfathomable. No, I tweeted yesterday it was like uh Lou was Citing advanced analytics about how Tristan Thompson could probably play against Al Horford, and I was like, "Really? Like simple analytics would dictate yeah, like, you should like, never like, be playing like Rodney? Watching? Earth. Yeah. Like yeah, right. It, yeah. yeah. Is it, this isn't it, it. It's not rocket surgery.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You just sound so down, Tom. I know,
1: and like life is so good right now. That's why I'm saying the Cavs yeah. just. They're sucking
0: like my soul. Like. <laughs> so, so what do you want to see? Like, what is your best case scenario for the Cavs? Like, reality versus what team you? So, what do you? What team do you want to see on the floor at the beginning of the year next year? Is LeBron <laughs> on that team? Well, I would hope, but I, yeah, okay.
1: I, I would like to see. Some youth, I'd like to see some consistency, like Chetty Osman, Larry Nance Jr., whoever they draft, LeBron, Kevin Love, and then you still got Korver, George Hill, and, I don't know, find a way to punt TT into the ocean. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can get Rodney Hood for, like, pennies on the dollar because he's been so abjectly, you know, horrific. Maybe will go
0: suit. Training camp, he's not awful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even hate Tristan Thompson at this point. It's <laughs> I, like,
1: I, I think he's been a really bad this year, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, well, with, I, I think,
0: think he was hurt most of the year, but yeah.
1: He's brought nothing really defensively, and of course, he's never really been a shot maker. Um, you know, he still rebounds a little bit, but he's just a shell of his former self. I'm not sure exactly what has happened to him, but he's been very disappointing.
0: And the in league was and by. I mean, let's be honest. If, if Tristan Thompson, the rookie was coming out in this draft. Oh, he, would, he, he wouldn't would be even first. be a, he might not yeah. even be a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like you cannot, you've got to be an uber athlete with enormous size to even get a sniff if you can't shoot anymore. You know, or you've got to be a blazing fast point guard if you can't shoot. It's just the game. And that's not his game either, so it's crazy.
2: And where does, I mean, where does LeBron fit in this new, evolving world? Because he's really, it seems like he's holding back. And and what I don't do you know. It's, it's a, well, it's hard to say. Like, again, it comes back to this point of how much is it LeBron versus how much is Lou. But it seems like LeBron's still trying to play the way he's played for the last, eight plus years and the NBA is evolving and you're seeing it with the Celtics where three otherwise average guys who can put the ball on the floor and everyone can play every position on defense become a pretty tough team. And so I, I
0: feel like the Cavs have tried to do that this year. They just have crappy personnel for that. I mean, Jeff green is not a guy that's great at that. Larry Nance, I've said the whole, you know, for the last, three weeks should be playing more than Jeff Green Uh, because there's nothing Jeff Green does that Larry Nance shouldn't be able to do. I mean, I guess Jeff Green's shooting 36% from three, but I mean, other than that, I mean, Rodney Hood was supposed to be that guy. Chetty Osmond's supposed to be that guy. Jordan Clarkson's supposed to be that guy, but they've done a poor job of getting those guys.
2: and Hill should be that guy, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think Hill's still nursing a back injury, and but he still plays good defense. Um, and but yeah, there he kind of doesn't know what his role should be half the time either. Like everybody defers to LeBron too much. I actually thought Kevin Love was at his most aggressive when LeBron wasn't on the floor. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, but of course, Lou doesn't stagger them at all to start the fourth. He, oh yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> why do that? Let's anyway yeah, i need no, to rage just, quit on this podcast because okay. i gotta go to
0: bed <laughs> okay tom newborn baby congratulations yep. um, Oh,
1: congrats thanks uh i
0: i know what you want to pitch and that's sleep and caffeine so
1: yep oh <laughs> yeah you're right so i'm <laughs> gonna get on the first one i'll get on the second one tomorrow morning
0: <laughs> okay all right guys tom. yep go calves uh so um rd uh anything you want to add any uh like, what's your what's your ideal? What do you want to see at the beginning of next year?
2: <laughs> uh, well, I'm not I mean, quite other than, there yet. You
0: on. know, the Cavs championship.
2: Yeah, <laughs> not quite there yet on this season. But I mean, of course, yeah, trying to get past the Warriors is a complete farce at this point. Um, I mean, I gotta say, like, I I just don't think even if the season ended tomorrow, I I'm betting that LeBron just has no idea what he wants to do. Yeah. Because even, kind of what I was getting at, like, even if you were to run to LA and get Paul George, like, again, I'm not sure in this NBA, aside from being in the West, that that's a recipe for successes of, of LeBron, Paul George in parts. Yeah. And obviously there's running to the 76ers, but I don't think he necessarily wants that narrative. And so. Well, and all the 76ers shooters are free agents. Right, right. It becomes yeah. hard to keep keep that any of them or at least exactly. Reddit. So I, I mean I do think I there's almost, a decent Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like I could almost see him going back to Miami. But I mean I think he stays <laughs> and signs a five year deal, but I think they're gonna have a new coach next year.
2: Yeah, I I I think that's probably the best case scenario and I think it was I honestly can't remember now if it was one of you guys or Brian Winhorse saying like LeBron was really instrumental in the Supermax yeah, creation that was EG. Ah, that's that's high praise then for EG. Um and does he really I mean I just think he he probably wishes that can work and I he yeah. probably has doubts whether that's the right decision or not but he wishes he could do that. Yeah. Um but then yeah, who what coach are you going to bring in what strings I mean, is next year a rebuilding year when LeBron's maybe really starting to? Well, I mean, who knows? But
0: well, yeah. and this team I think that desperately comes- needs more guards. I mean, you look at who their guards are right now. They got outscored three to what was the starting backcourt for like
2: thirty-three? Boston. I think I yeah. saw.
0: Yeah, the starting backcourt was fifty-one or forty-one oh. to three. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Like that can't happen. You'll never win that way. So the team clearly needs more guards. Um, it's yeah. What
2: were you saying? It's it's funny because like I feel like this whole narrative around Kyrie leaving because he and LeBron didn't fit well together is a, it's actually turning out that LeBron really needs a Kyrie. He really needs someone who actually just has a game completely unaffected by his. Yeah. That can spot him. Because
0: the your turn, my turn thing,
2: yeah, because I mean, that's been LeBron's recipe for success. He's he had weight now, he had Kyrie, and now he doesn't have him,
0: yeah. And a lot of NBA offenses now are built on this basically two combo guard offense, anyway, where you don't have one cart guard that just pounds the ball all the time and then initiates every offense. I mean, even Golden State pretty much. They rotate the playmaking duties between Draymond and Steph Curry and then, you know, Durant to some extent as well, but um, at least from the primary guys. And then, you know, when they go to the bench, it's Livingston and it's Iguodala. So it's not like you can't – the NBA now, you need playmakers. And the Cavs pretty much at this point have two that are playable, George Hill and LeBron. So they, they've got to get more guys that can, you know, dribble, initiate an offense, pass, um, that kind of thing, you know, And like you said, the, in the NBA is becoming, you know, these all these multifaceted positionless players and the Cavs don't have enough of them right now. And, and I still think they can win this series because LeBron's that good and Boston's not as good on the road. Um, and you know, we'll see what, if that happens, what the final springs, but you know it's a t- much taller order to win the series now. Like, I feel like the Cavs would be favored if they had won this game, and I feel like now, you know, I I give them a thirty percent chance maybe, even though I think they'll win. How's is that hedging <laughs> my bets?
1: So I don't know. Uh, I'm I like probably
0: have more doubt right now than I have had about this year's Cavs team in a while. So, and I think we're yeah. probably all there.
2: And I think that's because, like, what what do they build on at this point? Like, yeah. what glimpses, other than LeBron going for 50, like, what are we seeing that that's going to kind of be there and to build on?
0: You mean this series and this season series, or in yeah. the future? This, year. this series. Well, and that's what kind of drives me nuts, and it drives a lot of people nuts, is the Cavs have not been playing their best lineups. They've not been playing Chetty Osman. They've not been playing Larry Nance. They've not... You know they've been giving minutes to Rodney Hood, who's been a disaster. They've been not playing Jose Calderon. Now I don't think Calderon's actually playable against Boston because I think most of their guards will lead him alive. Totally. But um, you know, here's what I said. I tweeted the other day. I said, you know, Jose Calderon's unplayable defensively, and Jordan Clarkson's just unplayable. But yet he still <laughs> trotted him out in game one, so I, I, I'm not quite sure what you're what you're trying here. I mean, something something's got to change. So
2: it seems like the only thing left to do. I mean, they've just got to get something out of George Hill. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where the upside is on this team. Yeah, because I mean, as much as we all have been clamoring for Chetty, Jetty, keep messing that up. I mean he he'd be great in spot minutes to bring the energy save these 15 yeah. fifteen three runs, but he's not gonna be a game changer for us at this point,
0: well, I think he has that ability, but he he maybe in a year
2: exactly. I think he has yeah. the
0: ability i think I don't could think have... he has the confidence in a jump shot
2: right as much, and, but... and totally he could have been there totally I mean zizich and jetty could have been difference makers in the playoffs, but it had yeah. to start. In October, and Lou never oh, allowed it or
0: to happen. Even earlier in the playoffs, but yeah, like you said. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The minutes weren't there, and, but yet, you know, all these minutes for Jeff Green. So. And Rodney Hood. <laughs> and Rodney Hood. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's your prediction on the series?
2: Oh, I, I like the way you kind of describe it. You give <laughs> them a <37 laughs> but you think but they're going to win. They're going to, yeah. Thirty percent of the time, they win every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna pick Cavs in, in six still. Four Cavs in, a row. in
2: six. Woo. I'll say Cavs and seven, and LeBron averages forty
0: nine <laughs> and nine. Forty nine and nine. Okay. So you don't think LeBron has the uh we're not going to see him quit here like we did in you know 2010.
2: I don't think so. I mean, I he's, so either. he's He's more mature. Yeah. He doesn't want and he's also hyper aware of the narrative. Yeah. And he doesn't want that again. Yeah. Okay, but that. Um, but again, if you're if you're him though, I mean You got to. You see that warrior team waiting for you, and you got to wonder a little bit whether you really want to run into that again.
0: Oh, I think he does. I think if LeBron feels like if he gets to the finals, he can win anything. You know, and that that's part of his confidence. So, anything can happen once you get to the finals. I mean,
2: how many nut punches would it take for the Cavs to win the finals? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like the old Tootsie Pop. So, yeah, yeah, I assume you're taking the Warriors out west?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, I I didn't watch much of the the Rockets I tried
0: to watch it. I fell asleep in the third quarter. I just felt like no matter how many points Houston scored, they couldn't get any stops. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and James Harden was just exhausting himself, too.
2: yeah. I think the, I mean, I I don't think the Rockets have changed that much year to year, aside from adding a little bit more depth with Chris Paul. I think there's still bit a regular season fool's gold with them, and people are, I mean, somehow we've managed to sleep on the Warriors. Because no,
0: I don't, I haven't slept on the Warriors. I just they're like the Cavs in that they don't care about the regular season except they're, you know, they have four. Top 20 NBA guys, maybe three of them are top 10, depending on how you want to rank them, but certainly two are top five.
2: So, I I think though, when fully healthy. Yeah. And I I think, but what they have this year is just utter confidence and disregard for anyone around them. Cause last year there were still some nerves and still getting flack. And now they're just like, they know who they are and they're, I mean, (laughs) I, I have a hard time seeing them not sweep by their team coming out. Well, and
0: they still like they're not bored by the playoffs. They're not bored by the success, you know mm-hmm. wh- where the Cavs, you know, clearly have that problem at times. Uh, yeah. Which uh, I I don't understand why, but
2: <laughs> Well that's another again, yeah. like another that wind horse thing about the organizational fatigue um yeah. of, of playing with LeBron, Braun, but at the same time it's like I think Tom Pestak has more organizational fatigue of of LeBron than than the Cavs do because they're they're too new. Other yeah. than other than Love and Jr, I think, I think Lou
0: has there. a ton of fatigue. I mean, he just seems he seemed exhausted tonight. So and you know, as as a lot of people have said, they seem like a better team when Larry Drew was coaching them. So
2: yeah, I and mean, hey, maybe I mean people have kind of forgotten Lou's health issues. I mean, maybe he steps down. Yeah. At the end of this year yeah i I
0: no nobody turns down uh how much does he nobody turns down twenty one million dollars true <laughs> that's he's, how much he still do yeah I think he's got three more years at seven million a year, so yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he got an extension he got a five year thirty five million dollar deal after the uh championship year, and it's been two years since then.
2: So yeah, he's in a tough spot then I mean if if he's really having i mean I don't know if they've figured out what's wrong with him, but if if he's truly worried about his health, he's re- he's really in a tough spot.
0: yeah, I've heard some rumors, but um i'm I'm not gonna rehash him, but yeah, I mean, uh obviously stress and you know lack of sleep and and you know. Those kinds of things are exacerbating some issues. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I would like to see a new coach coaching this team next year. Um, you know, like a lot of people in the blog was like, even if they win a championship, I want to see a new coach next year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like my Becky Hammond idea to, to PC guilt LeBron into staying. <laughs>
2: It'll be that'll be interesting to see if she can get a get a position I don't know anything about i mean obviously she's played under pop or not played but coached under pop and yeah seems to have respect around the league but I don't know anything about her actual
0: yeah and um, she's capability you know, one of the best you know female basketball players um but yeah I mean certainly anyone on that anyone that's on the bench there for pop is, is probably in consideration for somebody like, I think Ettore Messina would be fantastic for the Cavs, but I don't think LeBron wants a Euro coach.
2: Eh, I mean, how long has Messina played a coach under pop?
0: Yeah. Like four years. Like, I feel like Blatt would have, it would have helped Blatt immensely to have been an assistant in the NBA before, uh,
2: being a head coach. So and an assistant fighter pilot. No, you. <laughs> yeah, I remember his quote.
0: <laughs> no, I do. I was trying to, I was trying to think of a joke, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the fighter pilot meme was the best ever, but. Yeah. Ettore Massino was the other guy who was basically considered the best coach in Europe along with Blatt. And a lot of people think that his offenses have been much more interesting and creative, uh, You know, a lot of people, the spread, pick, and roll. Uh, I believe that uh, D'Antoni coached with Messina, um, you know, early in the before the seven seconds or less era. So he's certainly a guy that could get some consideration. Um, You know, like I said, I wanted Fizdale. Uh, I think Buttonholzer, another guy who's a good coach, uh, you know, helped make Kyle Korver the player he is today. So, mm-hmm. uh, although I think Buttonholzer will end up in uh, Toronto,
2: how funny would be? If, uh, huh? went to Toronto, and then Casey went to Atlanta. <laughs> I
0: I don't know. No, Atlanta already hired a coach. They oh they hired, did. Um, yeah, yes. Who who did? Lloyd Pierce, Lord one Pierce, of their assistants. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Philly assistant. Oh Philly. Philly. Yeah, he coached under Brett Brown. So I think they're hoping he can he can conjure the process. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it it certainly will be interesting. I I think uh what did I hear that the Golden State's trying to ink um Clay Thompson do an extension? Um you know, that, that Golden State team seems set up to be around for a while
2: so but don't don't doesn't thompson have to take like a huge pay cut to make that work
0: he has to take a pay cut it doesn't necessarily may not be huge but everybody may be taking a pay cut because the salary cap may not be going up with as few playoff games as there have been like Mm. that was the least amount of playoff games in the second round of the nba playoffs ever uh last round um and then you know if if there's few games in the semifinals and the finals, it everybody's losing money because of that. Cause the TV networks don't pay if there's not games. Right. So, so the lack of parity is hurting the NBA right now. Yeah. So hopefully the new
2: tanking rules and all that kind of stuff will, will help. But so it looks like next year they're still in good shape. Uh, well they have, they have all of their major players. It's, signed yeah. on their 128 yeah. it's the year after yeah exactly where uh it becomes a problem exactly
0: yeah <sighs> so anything you want to pitch anything uh anything on your mind any
2: uh nothing and as a co-fellow recently recently new father well tom's a new father but recent addition to the family I feel for Tom
0: uh how, how old's yours
2: mine is about six months
0: oh yeah that's that's yeah my my kids are much older than that so my youngest okay. is eight so but yeah it's uh <laughs> you got a lot to look forward to and hopefully you're sleeping through the night
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah it was good. a rough first first few months but we got yeah. there I think my big thing was like I've never could imagine I could be doing so much work and it's still not enough <laughs> like yeah, which isn't even like a, a dig at my wife it's just like literally as much work as i was doing she's doing that much more and um it's yeah. it's unreal it's it easier <laughs> <laughs> that's hopefully yeah. yeah what about you what do you got going?
0: um i'm I, not too much honestly i'm hoping to get the bike out soon here i haven't haven't gotten it out here yet but uh hoping to get the bike out hit the towpath um beyond that uh i'm looking forward to solo want to see that but uh i did have you seen infinity war uh, are you no, a marvel guy
2: i i am of the opinion that they are ruining hollywood personally. Uh, that,
0: that, that's a not an invalid opinion so i i kind of think that you know I I think that they're more than ruining Hollywood. I think this uh, theory that the world can only be saved by superheroes is a is a terrible theory. <laughs> you
2: know, it, it's it's not it's not that different from how our our city's approach to basketball.
0: Well, that is that is also true. So yeah, maybe maybe we should be uh, more like more like the Celtics. <laughs> I, anyway, um, so yeah, hit the towpath, get outside, enjoy the summer. That's my pitch, and uh, and hopefully we'll be talking to you after a game three victory. Or hopefully, or it's gonna be
2: doom and gloom in in Cleveland. So oh god, <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just I'm not gonna be able to get Bill Simmons' voice out of my head. That's uh, that's the worst.
0: Oh, or or Paul Pierce, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Smug. Yeah, oh, Paul man. Pierce, who, one of those people that, like, if his life had not worked out to be good at basketball, like, I feel like he would be selling couches at a furniture store. I <laughs> <Yeah>, saw <so laughs> you know. he wrote that. Yeah, I mean, he just, right. I could just see him in the tweed jacket, and, you know, he just, ah, he's, and I used to be an enormous Paul Pierce fan, too, but he is a very smug human being. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I call him Chase. <laughs> and as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs.
1: Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger.
0: There's a fire. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.